It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our very best to align ourselves spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, and physically. And as I have said on all of my shows, it's incredibly important for you to understand how the physical part of this balances out the rest. If you are not physically in alignment, and if you're not healthy, it's going to be very difficult for these other aspects of who you are to be balanced because you won't have the energy. So if you go to my website, it's www.synergyconnection.com. And there's probably 250 or more shows there now. Uh, They're archived there, but they're also on the major platforms. So you can find me on the podcast for Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, and iHeartRadio. Those are the main platforms that people listen to. And um, there's probably 100 shows there. So please check that out. But if you're on the website, there is a link to Boomers Forever Young. And this is a company, I have used their products for the last five years. And I just got my physical results on Tuesday. And the doctor that I go to said that I am physically 30 years younger than my actual age. Um, And that is because of the labs. So the two tests that I tell everybody they need and you have to ask for, because if you don't ask, they're not gonna give them to you. One is a C-reactive protein, and that is the level of inflammation in your body. So every disease begins with inflammation someplace. And if you know that level, um, it's critical to get it down below one. Mine has been at a 0.3 for the last couple of years. And when I got my results on Tuesday, it's actually a 0.1. So I have virtually no inflammation running around inside of me. Uh, The other number that you need is your immune system, and that's D as in dog three. So you ask for that blood test to be done. You want the number over 70. Last year it was 82. This year it's over 100. So I need to kind of bring it back to just that 100, Um, but it's not that far over 100. So my immune system is very, very strong. And those are the things you want to look at as you're moving forward with staying healthy so that you can develop the intellectual, the emotional, and the spiritual aspects of who you are. If you go to the website, uh, click on their free newsletter. And if uh, you, you know, look at all of their products and go, you know what, some of these products would be good for me to take. If you put my first name in the discount box as you check out, Uh, the company has said that I am able to offer you a $5 discount. So please take advantage of it. I think in today's world with gas prices where they are and everything else, every dollar counts. So uh, again, check out Boomers Forever Young. And then um, today I have as a new guest, somebody that I've known for probably at least a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, We met one another at uh, my favorite little park, which is Crystal Beach in Palm Harbor, Florida. And her name is Rabia. And Rabia is a lifelong devotee of the mystic arts. Uh, During her journey to higher consciousness, she studied and experienced Sufi mysticism in remote villages in West Africa. 
She's had shamanic ceremonies in the Amazon rainforest of Ecuador. She has pure consciousness teachings that came in through the high deserts of New Mexico and temple transmissions at the Mayan pyramids in the Yucatan Peninsula. In addition to that, she is certified as a Kundalini yoga and meditation teacher, a past life regression therapist, and a Reiki master three. So um, she and I share um, the Reiki master uh, information. The other I am not familiar with at all, although I was telling her before the show started that as I'm doing my psychotherapy with families and with individuals, I'm finding more and more that I am getting information that I don't even exactly know how I'm getting, but the recipients are blown away with the things that I'm saying, because it's making sense to them as to how uh, their lives are currently uh, not being managed the way they want them to be managed. And they're getting all of these aha experiences. So that's pretty cool. Evidently with Rabia, this happens on a daily basis, if not an hourly basis. So welcome to the show, Rabia. And we're going to be talking about something that is incredibly important right now. And um, that is this multi-dimensional energy that we all experience, but maybe don't understand. And what's happening right now in our world with this multi-dimensional energy? So welcome to the show and let's get going. Thank you so much. So what is multi-dimensional energy? How would you want to describe that to listeners? So we're very accustomed to working in our physical bodies and using our minds, but we're not as accustomed to working in the non-physical aspect of ourselves. So this was is within the spiritual aspect and what I call the multidimensional aspect of self. So anything that is beyond the physical, right? So even, even being in tune with our inner child is beyond the physical or our angelic self or, or our ancestral self. There's very different ways that we can perceive the experience of life. And when we step outside of the story and the identity that we have in this physical form, we're able to see a much broader perspective of reality. And that helps to neutralize any of the pain and any of the suffering that is happening. So when we stepped into that multidimensional self, we become aware of who we are beyond name, beyond form, beyond identity. All right. So if you, if you're able to do that, I mean, how does somebody begin to get into that mindset? So it's actually occurs naturally through the process of aligning and balancing the energy centers. So for over a decade, I've practiced a yoga out of the Himalayas. And what I've essentially been doing is helping to clear out my chakras and to release traumas and allow myself to cultivate alignment in a way that creates a central channel that is open and receptive to transmission. And when I am open to receive the transmission, I'm open to receive the wisdom in the here and now I'm able to hear the whisper of my heart, the whisper of my soul and the whispers of those who are around me. So if I'm interacting with somebody, if there is a message that wants to come from the multidimensional presence even if it's just to reassure someone that everything's okay, or maybe they 
lost something and they want to be able to find it. All of the information is present within the quantum field. It's about being able to read the quantum field and to do that, aligning and balancing the chakras and really focusing on that lower triangle, which is the root, the sacral and the solar plexus and having a really stable foundation allows us to open up the higher centers, allows us to experience ourselves beyond just this physical presence. So every uh, human body obviously has these centers. And I know I've talked about them on past shows, but the root at the base of the tailbone um, is the part that holds us to like mother earth that allows us to communicate with those earth energies. And then as you move up and above the crown, now my understanding, and maybe yours is different because our trainings are different, but my understanding is divine energy is at the 12th chakra. Is that the way you see it as well? So divine energy is transmitted through the crown of the head, the Brahmarandra or the 10th gate, um, according to the teachings that I have observed. And so, yes, it allows for that transmission to come through. So whether there are seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 chakras or 12 dimensions, really, um, one can access the information from that dimension. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that happened, and I've mentioned this on a number of shows, but I never know who's listening to a particular show, so I always share it. But when um, my husband, before he died, three and a half years before he died, uh, he was in ICU. And um, I got there and they told me he had an hour and a half to live. And so they left. And I do get messages um, differently, I'm sure, than you do, but I do get messages. And so the message was, put your right hand on the top of his head, put your left hand on his heart. And so when I do energy work, I just get quiet because I figure they're going to be working through me. And his oxygen level was 78%, which is why he was going to die in, a, in an hour and a half. They knew that. And you can't do surgery, which he needed to take. Um, he had pericardial effusion. So he had 500 cc's of fluid that was crushing his heart. So you can't do surgery unless your oxygen level is at 98%. But that's mm -hmm. not putting an oxygen mask on somebody. It's your body oxygen level has to be there. So there was nothing that they could do. So when I put my right hand on his head and is my left hand on his heart, and got quiet, it took 30 seconds for it to go from 78% to 98%. And I told the doctors, I'm not doing this. It's not time for him to die. And they said, no, we can take him to surgery now and we can take the fluid off. And he did live another three and a half years. So that wow. is, you know, that wow. to me is incredibly powerful mm -hmm. because I know that you become a channel at that point that if they want to work with you, and I say they in quotes, but your angelic forces, um, the divine energy that is out there, if that right. is to be, they can channel, they can come through you and yeah. do whatever. Yeah. So have mm -hmm. you experienced that? Because that blew the doctors away and me too, for that matter. <laughs> yes, um, I started experiencing something similar. I practice vibrational sound therapy. And so what I do, I use different shamanic sound tools. I use Himalayan bowls, crystal bowls, bells, different things 
to help clear out the energetic field of the people I'm working with. And I noticed what started to happen is I would get to a place of clarity and then I would synchronize with the person and all the messages and all the information that was ready for them to download would start to pour through me and I would speak it. Sometimes it would come out in song, other times poetry um, or other, other ways of channeling even ancestral spirits. And so I allow that to just fully turn on. And, and at first it was a little uncomfortable because there was the energetic signature to each of the transmissions. And so allowing myself not to resist when I felt these frequencies enter the space, but knowing that I'm divinely protected and that I'm doing this for the highest and best of humanity and that my intentions are pure and that the session is being held by my highest expression and their highest expression. Once I have all of that stated in the beginning of the session, I'm allowed to surrender and let spirit work through me. And really, it, you know, different things come through. They don't quite make sense to me, but they make sense to the person. And so I just hold the space for the transmission to happen. And, and it, you know, it took years to really get into a, you know, to be comfortable in my own skin, to allow that to be part of my expression. Mm -hmm. But the more I practiced it, the more I allowed it to be. And um, as you were telling your story, I thought about the, I, I did an energy medicine training where we learned to place the hands on different parts of the body. So on the, on the uh, forehead, and then also on the solar plexus helps to link up the central meridian and allowing for that energy channel. Once it's connected, a lot of other things fall into harmonized state. So I was just seeing as you were doing that with the heart and the head to bring them into alignment so that there's harmonized frequencies between the heart and the head. There's, you know, it allows for the body to start to activate its innate healing properties because the body knows how to heal itself. It's just the energetic alignment goes out. It's like, uh, if you're playing the violin and there's a chord out of tune, there's dissonance, right? And so when there's dissonance, you know, the energy becomes fragmented, the organs stop communicating to each other and the, the physical health or the mental health can start to deteriorate. But when we go in to these realignments and these activations and we bring harmonic resonance back to the body, back to the mind, to the heart and to the energy field surrounding the body, that's when the body starts to do what it already knows to do. And that's to heal. And so that's really beautiful that you were able to hear that and, and allow for that shift to happen so that your husband's health could start to take care of itself. It wasn't just depending on the doctors and the machines, but it was actually activating the innate healing qualities that the body already has programmed within it because it is a divine piece of technology that really can do amazing things if we allow it to you know come into a, a harmonized balanced state so you know as you're talking I'm, I'm thinking of these last two years with the pandemic and with all of the different um vaccinations uh the boosters now you know some I think Pfizer is recommending two boosters, but when in my information arena, whenever we're introducing something that is foreign into the body, um, it's not beneficial. I mean, you know, I say no to almost everything. I use nutritionals to stay healthy, um, which is why I talk about, you know, boomers, 
but I just am so amazed at the number of people that think their doctors can keep them healthy as opposed to taking responsibility for themselves and staying healthy because of nutrition, because of sleep, because of ways to de-stress, because of exercise. You know, there's so many other ways to keep your uh, harmony going internally. And I, I don't think it's not taught in the schools, unfortunately. So I just don't even know where people go about finding this information, where they believe that the supermarket food is going to keep them healthy or that, you know, they can smoke or they can drink excessively or they can do other things that are definitely stressors and expect to live a healthy life. Certainly, I would guess that the harmonics in your body, that vibrational frequency is not in very good shape if you're doing that. Right. Yes, absolutely. And we're getting to a point in time where I see almost parallel existences, where we have those who are becoming more in tune with their body, their intuition, the whisper of their heart, and they're making conscious decisions. And then we have those who are getting even more and more out of tune with their body. They're relying more on, on, on media or information that is outside of them. And they're really feeling this sense of disconnection and a sense of suffering. And so we're at a time right now where people are making a conscious decision. Okay. Am I going to invest in myself? Am I going to invest in what I feel is right and my intuition? And that's not to say throw Western medicine out the door. You know, I know that there's really beautiful things that happen, really beautiful healings that happen, but it's really to take the power back and take in that and really lean into the inner compass and decide, you know, what is right for me? If I'm, am I saying no to genetic or to synthetic genetic sequences, right? Because mm-hmm. food is information or am I saying no to synthetic genetic code that's coming through a vaccine, you know, and everybody has their choice to make. And I honor everybody's choice, but, you know, really looking, looking at it from the perspective of what is most aligned with nature, right? Cause these physical bodies are nature. We are of nature, right? And we've disconnected from that to the point where we forget, we can go a whole day and forget that this is an animal suit that my consciousness is dwelling in. And so we got to know, like, we got to take care of the animal too, right? And what, what, and from the multidimensional perspective, you know, looking at it as the animal and how do we caretake um, this body, this vessel, so that we are given the opportunity to grow and expand and to evolve our consciousness into, into higher states of awareness, into blissful states of awareness. Because like I said, with that divergence, there are those who are, are going to grow and heal. And I see others that are going to continue in the cycle of, of suffering and pain. And we're, we're already seeing that in the collective consciousness. If you turn on the television, you're either seeing, you know, something about COVID or something about the war in Ukraine. And, you know, it's devastating to, to focus on these things. And so really just acknowledging that this is this, this is this current status of the human experience on earth, right? We are in the karmic root of the human experience, right? Looking at our safety, looking at our security, looking at our stability, looking at our community, who's in power and control, you know, all of these like 
these things are coming up, we're in the collective root. And so by tuning into self and refocusing one's awareness on that, which brings them a sense of relief, a sense of, of lightness, a sense of joy, being in nature, watching the sunsets, being around animals and children, and just allowing self to nurture self so that it's not cycling through the fear programs of whatever is happening in the collective. I mean, it's scary. If I sit and watch the news all day, I will be scared. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm disconnecting and I don't know what's happening, but I'm watching it from the space of the observer. I'm going inwardly and saying, okay, if, if I, if it's true, what they say in all the spiritual teachings, that all is one, that we are one universal consciousness, that this is all part. We are part of the greater whole, right? God is outside. God is inside. We are one. Right. And so it's really understanding, okay, turning turning in and going inward and understanding and understanding where is this external experiencing experience happening within myself, right? Where is there war within myself? Where is there fear and imbalance within myself? And how can I have compassion and understanding to look at myself neutrally, to be honest with myself so that I can dissolve these karmic imprints so that I can reclaim my energy, reclaim my integrity, my dignity, and allow myself to live the best life of alignment, of balance, of harmony, right? So it's not that we're turning away and not looking at the bad stuff that's happening externally, is we're looking inwardly and saying, where am I holding on to this? What program, what belief, what thought, what behavior is contributing to this? And how can I shift that? How can I honor myself? How can I shift that so that I'm no longer karmically entangled Right. with whatever is happening externally, because it will continue to happen. And we're purging. This is the end of the Kali Yuga. This is the end of a, of a cosmic cycle. Power structures will crumble, right? We're already seeing system collapse, right? And I'm not saying tune into conspiracy theories either, but what part of myself am I allowing to dissolve? Mm-hmm. Which part of, you know, my unconscious masculine or which part of my mental patterning, which part of my behaviors am I allowing my art? Am I allowing to crumble and dissolve so that I can come back into the highest expression of self? You know, one of the things that um, I do with my own uh, therapy uh, clients is I have them look, you know, if they're 50 years old, they've got 50 decades of belief systems that may or may not be serving them very well. So we look at those beliefs and then decide which ones are beneficial and will help them continue to grow and which ones maybe they need to do a ceremony uh, of burial. Yes. Say, you know, okay, I don't need those anymore because they were based in fear or they were based in a negative belief system about who I am as a person. So it sounds like, you know, you're doing the same thing um, on a one-to-one basis where you can actually look and say, what part of me is at war with maybe a part of me? Because then that energy goes up into the universe and it is that collective energy that, that we're working with. But as people look, I mean, I, I honestly and truly, I keep the television off most of the time um, just because I'd rather be looking at butterflies and listening to birds and, you know, walking in the grass and doing those things. But, um, you know, for people that seem to need to plug in, do you have any thoughts as to maybe how they could reduce the amount of time 
that they mm -hmm. spend listening to negative thoughts and you know dealing with a fear-based uh, images that, that are just floating around i mean they're everywhere mm -hmm. right so for each person it will be different but starting by just tuning into the heart right and saying how can i show me the way please how do i design my life so that i live with grace and ease and show me opportunities and give me really clear signals and really clear signs that i'm on the right path and when i'm not show me the contrast in a way that is graceful and easeful for me to transition into another space so with that is allowing for the death process to happen in life in different ways, right? And so it could be a big thing, it could be a little thing. Maybe the death process is me like not putting, not looking at my phone first thing in the morning and scrolling through the news. Okay, so I'm going to allow that to end, right? Or maybe I'm in a, a work environment that is unhealthy for me and that I constantly need to be tuned in to fear based thinking. So for me, for example, I grad finished my master's degree and I went and worked for Homeland Security. And you know, being in with government officials and really looking at what are the worst things that could happen to the United States and how do we plan for that? Um, well, it was really interesting for a while, but then I re realized that I'm a conscious creator mm -hmm. and I'm a very powerful conscious creator. And the more I focus my precious energy on attack or surveillance or weapons of mass destruction, whatever, whatever the tag you know, line was at the time, you know, I'm feeding my energy into that. And when is enough enough? Mm -hmm. So really it's about the self-responsibility of, okay, I got to pay attention to how I feel after I do something. How do I feel after I scroll Facebook? How do I feel after I watch a news segment? Right. And can I do something different? How do I feel when I engage in an interaction with this person? Where's my energy level? And it's just monitoring that. And then when, when the, you know, the information is received, you got to own it. Right. Oh, I do feel like crap after Facebook or, oh, the news, like my solar plexus uck like like or wow i'm so tired after talking to them so it's like you know being the observer and then for the death and then the rebirth right we got to let go there's times that we just have to let go we have to bow it's the end of the chapter i promise if you bow gracefully right and just let go it will happen more easily than if you hold on until the very last thread should, you know breaks apart <laughs> Right. So, you know, it's, you know, and there are little things in life that we have to go through the death and rebirth cycle. And then there's big things in life, you know, do I have to, you know, rearrange my living environment or do I have to rearrange my working environment or do I have to really communicate in my personal relationships? So allowing for you, you mentioned ceremony, allowing for that ceremony to happen that acknowledges this is the end. And even if you're just energetically putting something in the compost pile, right? If you compost and you put your food scraps, they break down, turn into really beautiful soil that can then be seeded and be very rich, provide very rich nutrients for something new to grow. And so there's different ways that you can look at it and allow the death process to be very beautiful, but we're being faced with it. And so we have a choice to make. Are we going to ascend into a higher state of consciousness or are we going to be pulled down into the collective karmic consciousness and so allowing to let go of those things allowing life to reorganize as it will there are communities forming there are people connecting there are people collaborating in very beautiful ways that 
are allowing for rebirth to happen, for allowing these beautiful seeds that have been planted to, to grow and to bloom beautiful flowers with amazing fragrance. So just knowing that, you know, there, if, as you go through these cycles of death and rebirth and letting go, that there is going to be some reward on the other side. And if you can just sit with it and not mentally fixate on it, not emotionally indulge in it, right. Enough is enough. You got to be your own parent. Enough is enough. You can just allow the sensation to wash over you and sit with it as neutrally as you can without reacting the death process happens a lot quicker and then you start to see signs of that rebirth the spring is coming the flowers are starting to grow but it's just being brave and being courageous and really tuning into the heart I tell you all the answers all the wisdom everything you want to know is within so becoming silent is within so becoming silent turning the television off going outside, being silent, being compassionate to yourself, being aware of when the mind is chattery. Oh, there's my mind. Oh, you're chattery today. Okay. I'm going to go for a walk. It's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up and be like, man, I'm terrible at meditation. Oh, it never works for me. I give up. Well, I want to give up too. Cause I had to look at myself in silence. I had to see what my subconscious mind was you know, spinning out on, mm-hmm. right? So meditation isn't comfortable when you're dissolving energetic contraction, energetic thought forms, you know, all of this emotion and commotion, right? It takes time to let all of that go. But if you sit in meditation and allow the sensations to wash over and stay in the heart center, even just putting the hand on the sternum and feeling the heart center and breathing and being and saying, okay, I'm, I'm ready for shift. I'm ready for something new. I'm willing to look at this differently. You know, I really am going to choose love and compassion. I know that I might not get it right all the time, but I'm going to try my best. Right. 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 Absolutely. Staying, moment, staying present and trying the best all the time. And then things start to move, things start to flow. And, and the, the geometry of distortion, the geometries of fear start to break apart. So those, all those photonic light particles can reconfigure into expressions that are aligned with love and bliss and joy and peace and harmony within. Within. It doesn't have to be at, it's not, it's not, you're not a product of your, but you got to, you got to cultivate it within cultivate it within and let it shine. And when a karmic wind comes through your life and knocks you around a little bit, Oh, okay. Okay. There's something that I can to go through a death process with, right. Mm-hmm. From the wisdom perspective, from the observer perspective, without attachment, without identity, without clinging, it, it becomes like a process. I mean, it, it happens in nature every year. Right. So we got to give it, allow it to happen. Maybe we have a backlog of deaths that need to happen. Maybe it can be just one big one, but really allowing for that, that rebirth of self in a, in a higher spectrum and a higher octave and a higher alignment can be such a gift that we give ourselves such a gift that we give our families, our communities, the collective consciousness is to be in that higher resonance. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Um, I can't wait to hear what else we're going to talk about. So um, listen to uh, a brief message from Boomers and we will return in just a moment. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever. And it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer products. 
Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer products. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Synergy Connection Show. And again, we have um, a new person with us today that is talking about where we are energetically and welcome back to the show. Um, we're going to be looking at a, a bunch of different things right now. And I, I wanted to uh, touch on this. Um, you are a Kundalini yoga and meditation teacher. What does that mean? <laughs> how, how do you do that? Yeah. So I, so Kundalini yoga, it is, uh, somewhat of a Western version of teachings and transmissions that came out of the Himalayan region of India. And so Bahazar, it was by chance that um, about 12 years ago, I went into a yoga class. I had gotten a subscription for a month unlimited or something. And I went to this class and the teacher was wearing all white. And we did some very interesting uh, postures that seemed a little goofy. And I was like, what is this? And then I, you know, started going back a few more times. And I realized what I was doing was really impacting my nervous system. I felt like at that time in my life, I had, you know, I was, you know, 20 something, and I had a lot of trauma in my nervous system, whether it was repressed fear or, you know, college drinking days or, or whatever emotional patterns I had up until that point in my life, my nervous system really had contracted hmm. and I went through a very profound healing, um, through Kundalini yoga. And so I started to investigate it more. And, um, it was shortly after I went into a Gudwara, which is a Sikh temple, uh, for a class that was taught by my teacher and dear friend now Yogi Amadeep Singh. And, um, I had a very profound spiritual experience where I, observe myself beyond form. And I knew that my life had changed at that moment. And at the end of the class, he mentioned that he was going to open an ashram in India and that he took students to the Himalayas every year. So I, I was like, sign me up. <laughs> and it was a few years, it was a few years later that I um, then made it to the Himalayas for the first time. And when I arrived, it was, a, I could cry now just speaking of it, but it was a, as if my heart broke open. And for the first time, I felt as if I were home and it's not the location of home. It really doesn't have to do anything with location. Although the Himalayas is what is known as the, the crown of the earth or the 10th gate of the earth, where all of the cosmic transmission comes into the earth plane is in that area. And that's why there's so many sages and awakened beings who have sat and meditated in the caves of the Himalayas. But what had happened is I had activated memory of myself, memory of my totality, memory of the wholeness, memory of self beyond name and beyond form, beyond identity. And so it became such, um, such a, a soft, tender, 
spot in my heart. I knew that it was going to bloom beautiful flowers in my life. So I stuck with Kundalini yoga. Um, really it's Himalayan yoga and have practiced ever since. And it's been my medicine, um, doing breath work and movement exercises called Kriyas and different meditations have helped me to not only align and balance myself, but also to experience transcended states of consciousness and ways that are so beautiful. The English language doesn't do justice and describing what it is to merge with totality, but it's, it's something that I have shared with people, um, either in a one-on-one setting or in a class setting to just give the transmission and, and share the Kriyas and the, and the mantras and the mudras and with, with people. And, um, I'm actually in process of, of helping to establish an ashram in the Himalayas, which was <laughs> perhaps why I knew from the very beginning that it was my heart's calling to be involved with this project and now being closely involved. It's something that um, a gift that I give myself, my family and all beings who are interested in finding relief in their day to day experience and in their spiritual life as well. Does it have a color? And, and I think you understand what I'm kind of asking, but um, I think some people not only see auras, but they, you know, they experience colors at different healing levels. And so when you found yourself in the Himalayas and you felt that experience, was there a sense of color or sound or anything else that went with it? I can answer so many ways. Um, Royalty. The transmission is pure gold. And it is, it's everything and nothing. That's the, that's the joke to it is because it's also the void, the nothingness, the primordial womb, which is complete darkness before the photonic light particles came into a configuration to create lights, to create form, to create sounds. It's pure void, pure darkness. So it's that, and it's pure gold, which is the transmission. It's the royalty. It's the crowning of self. It's not royalty in the sense of the kings and queens and the indulgence and the, you know, in the hierarchical sense, but the royalty of self within totality, the inner, the inner goddess, the inner king, the inner queen, it's the, the lineage of divinity. You oh. express that. How long did you stay um, involved with, uh, you know, like security before you went, no, this is just not who I am? five years I was in it about three years into it. I was, you know, focusing on human smuggling, human trafficking during the day mm-hmm. and organized criminal syndicates. That was, I used my intuition to, to kind of put the pieces together of criminal organizations. And then in the evening I would go to Kundalini yoga and I would have these wild transcended experiences of, of healing. And, and like, I didn't even know that could happen. Um, types of things. So it was a really interesting dichotomy that I was living. And, and actually when I observe my experience of life as a whole, I've always had that sort of stark contrast of dichotomies where I like to 
put my consciousness on the perimeter and kind of scan around and see what is there for me to experience. So uh, it was an interesting time, but it, there, it got to a point where I couldn't hold the balance of of, you know, being a fear monger during the day. And then and I like being during the, <laughs> during the evening, I was like the polarity is just eventually I decided that I needed to take a leap of faith and I needed to let go of the corporate security, um, the security badge, the, you know, the sense of security that the, the job had for me, because it really did provide in that way and really allow my spirit to experience um, more of a, a path of the unknown. And so I jumped out of that and I ended up in Nashville, Tennessee for a year doing fraud investigations. And then it wasn't long after that, I took a past life regression therapy training at the Omega Institute. And, um, while I was there, my daughter was just, she just kept going to this workshop room where there was a Qigong master who was teaching wisdom healing qigong and she just was so attracted to it like a bug to a light and so i went and i met this being his name's ming tong and um ended up going out to his center then days after in new mexico that was opening a qigong center and i lived there for a period of time and that was my first job um within the spiritual realm and i was doing everything from washing dishes to making beds to cleaning the kiva where they did the practice room i literally started at like the very bottom of the totem pole after like having the salaried position with security clearances and you know the status and so it was a very humbling restart for me uh-huh. um, but I got to see from the ground level up what does it take to open a retreat center what does it take to bring in international guests from all over you know what does it mean to humble yourself and to serve a, a and be a devotee of an experience that is much bigger than just myself and just my salary, just my resume. And so, um, I met some really amazing people through that journey, um, at the Chi center. And, um, and then from there even floated after a few years floated off and started doing my own thing. And, and now working very closely with the yoga teacher from the Himalayas and, um, and really creating an international community of people who are devotees of this uh, form of yoga. And it's really the, the sadhu path of uh, the Himalayan sages that calls me. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm slowly seeing this experience where I want to renounce more and more. Um, as you see, I'm in a camper. I have a, a 19, I think it's a 1974 Airstream Argosy that I'm in. And I'm traveling from park to park and uh, staying as much as I can in nature. It's where I feel most balanced and really just allowing that, you know, the path to open and for the path to guide me and wherever I go. And it's been a really incredible experience to live. We call it OTP on the path, but it's um, not so much integrated into the time, the paradigm of time space, but really allowing for intuition to guide and, and the relationships to be nurtured. And even meeting you was very um, serendipitous at sunset at Crystal Beach and just, you know, speaking with you and feeling the transmission that was coming from you and the connection that we had. And I was, I'm, I'm allowing myself to open more to those um, interactions and to nurture those that feel aligned with my heart. And so, um, yeah, that's where I am today. <laughs> Are you familiar with the HeartMath Institute? 
Okay. Yes. So, I love science and spirituality where they mix like that nexus of science and spirituality is really amazing. Yeah. Um, I was introduced to them quite a long time ago now, but just in the last maybe four years, um, I became aware and do use, uh, they have something called an inner balance device. Do you know about it? Mm-mm. It's so cool. It, you put an app on your phone, literally, um, for the inner balance. And then you take this very small device and you clip it to your ear, left or right, doesn't make any difference. And um, your, the device then when it's turned on uh, is able to link into your heart rhythm. And it will tell you whether you're in coherence because that's something that you talked about a little earlier. So when we are in coherence, the transmission of energy is very effortless at that point. If you don't have to work at it, it just happens. And so this little device on your phone, when it opens, when the app opens, it's a mandala. And the outer rim of it um, will tell you whether you're in coherence, because if it's red as it goes around, it mm-hmm. reads that you're out of coherence. When it turns blue, you're moving toward it. And when it goes to green, you are definitely in it. Oh, beautiful. So it's just a lovely way because so many people think that when they meditate or think when they're, you know, doing what the breathing exercises that they've learned, that they're actually in coherence. But a lot of times they're still in that intellectual brain space. Mm-hmm. And so they're not, they're not in their heart. They're still in their head. And one of the things that I learned was 95% of our waking moments are intellectualizing. And we only go to our heart about 5% of the time. So in order for that balance to really take place, um, you have to unfortunately work at it a little bit so that you become aware of what that feels like. And the inner balance device actually shows people what it feels like. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. I had a dream um, and I was given this teaching about a golden circle. And I was told that when the circle is gold, there's alignment. And then I was shown when the circle is red, there is not alignment. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It's, it's just an intuitive thing that I'll do is if there's a situation or something's, you know, something is surfacing, I'll look and say, is it, and I'll either see a gold or a red. And if it's red, I just know that it's not for me, uh-huh. right? Because the alignment there, the spiritual, mental, emotional alignment isn't there for a harmonious experience. Right. And so like, yeah, I can go that path of the red circle, but I know that I will inflict pain and suffering on myself by trying to force something that's, you know, it's like swimming upstream. It's like, yeah, I got this. I got this. And it's like, <laughs> oh man, I'm kind of tired. And it's like, how long until, you know, but it's, that's really interesting with the, with the circles of them of the mandala being able to you know sense the rhythm and the coherence of the body and and yeah being able to do that with technology and with our own inner technology as well as I was shown through the dream is to really just lean in and I I'm a very visual person so I can see I can see through vision 
But um, there's other ways to receive messages, whether they're through animals or even just like, okay, show me, show me. If you ask the universe to show you, the universe is always speaking, right? Uh And so like part of becoming multidimensional is learning all of the communication channels that the universe is using to to communicate to itself within this form. So it's like, how is non-physical self communicating with physical self and learning what those um, indicators are? It's almost like if you have a map and you have the the symbols and the key to the map, once you know what all of that, what all those symbols mean and how they're interpreted through the subconscious mind, you can realize that we're guiding ourselves all the time. And that if we just are aware of, of our multidimensional presence, like what are the birds doing? What, you know, what other symbology is around us? I'll have Whether to share physical uh, eye or not. Mm-hmm. I'll have to share with you when uh, when my husband was still alive uh, on one of his long visits at the hospital. Uh, one day I came home and there was a downspout right outside the bedroom window, and there were two doves that were making a nest under the downspout, and so I was able to watch them sit on the nest, hatch the eggs. And then the, you know, fledgling of the two little babies. And during that time, you know, it it was such a troubling time for me because of his health. But, um, you know, I I looked up the meaning of doves. And of course, most doves are associated with Mary and with, you know, that kind of um, presence. And then about a year later, I was doing, you know, asking for, okay, show me. Mm-hmm. And I came home and on two back-to-back days, when I came home, there was a baby, what I perceived to be a dove feather, but it was a small white feather and it was white right on the doormat. Mm-hmm. And so I kept them. I, I have like a, an amethyst cathedral. And so I put them in the amethyst cathedral because I thought, you know, it's very symbolic and a message uh, from higher powers. So, yeah. And I think just being aware, being you know, listening to nature, listening to your animal totems, because the animals that come around you all the time, about a year and a half ago, um, I was in Georgia, and they had deer that visited uh, the uh, place that uh, we were staying. And so this was in the notes, you know, from the owners that don't be surprised if you have deer visiting. And Mm -hmm. so they brought, um, you know, corn, they had, you know, some corn available that we could feed them. But I also brought apples. And so the very first morning that we were there, sure enough, there was a whole herd. It was like maybe 10, 12 of them that showed up. And quite a few were females. A couple were males. But there was one female that literally locked eyes with me. And she walked towards me one step at a time. And these are pretty much wild deer. And she took the apple right out of my hand. The others stayed back, but she never lost her connection with my eyes. And so I just was like, wow, I think, I think deer is definitely one of my totem animals. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So those are just, um, and you know, if, if we're not in touch with nature and we're not in touch with that kind of quiet frequency that runs through us, those mm-hmm. kind of things don't happen. I, I don't believe they do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, and I believe it's theta brain wave state that we get into. And it's almost like, it's almost like a light trance and it's really not a trance, but it's just a, 
a space of observation. And when we enter that, it's like the entire world can come alive in a whole new way. So you communicate with trees, with flowers, with animals, with, you know, the heart will even start speaking and it's like, whoa, but there has to be, it's, you can cultivate that that state of awareness, whether it's theta, or I call it shamanic trance sometimes, but it's just different things can bring you into it. And even something as simple as will allow me to open the space to receive messages from non-physical presence, whichever aspect of self of the multidimensional self has the wisdom and the knowing to communicate the message gracefully and easily so that I integrate the wisdom of it. Uh Once I integrate the wisdom of it, then the need to be shown the experience can dissolve. Right. Uh And then that, that confirmation comes through and, and that higher knowing or that higher understanding, or it's not even higher. It's just like that broader understanding that is neutral can, can come in and we can experience life in a whole new way. Is your daughter, she's like what, seven or eight now? She's nine. Nine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is she able to do like what you are able to do? I mean, is she following in your footsteps? So she has a very natural way of doing it. And that I went through trainings. I went through many yoga postures, many, you know, experiences to get there, but she has an intuitive sense that is just so clear and already integrated. It's like she didn't lose it. So she doesn't quite see, see it from, I almost went through a separation of myself and then reintegration of myself. And she still holds the codes of that, that original template of integration. So yeah, she has it. Sometimes she thinks the stuff that I do is weird. And sometimes I, I know that it probably can seem odd, but I'm just really happy that she's in a space that she can observe it as it's happening, because Mm -hmm. whether it makes sense to her now, it will, at one point she'll look back and say, yeah, my mom was doing all of this. Oh, but she, she does have a natural gift um, and, and very sensitive, very intuitive. Uh, her name actually, Rohya, is um, it's Persian. It means premonition or dream. And so she does have very many premonitions, very clairvoyant, uh, clairsentient. And so, yeah, it's fun to explore it. We were... Um, just waiting in line the other day we had a pretty long wait so we were playing a game of telepathy and I was like okay I'm sending you a color what's the color and sometimes she would get it sometimes she wouldn't but it was just fun to introduce that type of teaching in a playful way um, so that she can get used to using her intuition or even just like when a dream happens she tells about a dream to ask inquisitively children I learned through past life regression therapy um, are very attuned to past lives so a lot of their memories or a lot of their dreams can be reflections of past lives and what I mean by reflection is you know not everything has to be taken literally but but the consciousness is very metaphorical in a sense and so when looking at past lives if, if we can let go of the judgment of of is this real or is this not real 
and look at like the metaphoric or the symbolic meaning behind experiences that we have, we can start to understand the past life, which is actually not past, it's parallel because all time time is now they're just memories and consciousness that are locked in certain frequencies that are ready to dissolve so it's being able to tune into those and allow those energies to express Mm -hmm. so that they're not like trapped memories that are you know wreaking havoc in our life and in our relationships because they've yet to be neutralized so um i do a lot of her gun you can just that neutralizer like, uh, gun just point it and yeah <laughs> so actually this is very interesting one of the I work on the level of monad which is 144 144,000 and so when I do shamanic neutralizations I often work with the matriarch of a civilization and we will go in and she will show me the timeline of trauma what what, what happened to the village what happened to the children what happened to the men it's, it's almost like scenes of a movie will kind of flash through me and I'll feel the the visceral experience I'll feel the emotional experience but by connecting with that matriarch the shaman of that tribe we are able to which is myself in another form we are able to neutralize the polarity within the quantum field and allowing for allow for that energy to dissolve so if say it was a massacre that happened within a tribe, then, you know, it's very intense energy to go into. And it does feel like a shock or a jolt of energy that runs through my nervous system in order to neutralize it. But it is a really beautiful way to serve the serve the highest good from a shamanic perspective. And it really like I I'm not even going anywhere. I'm not even consulting anybody it's really just going into that theta state that trance state and allowing for energy within the hologram to express itself so that it can be neutralized because there's a lot of there's a lot of karmic imprints on on within the collective especially in the united states we had native americans who were here first and then we had um people who were enslaved so the land has a lot of memory the land has witnessed a lot so when you're sitting in nature and you start to develop the clear senses you can become aware of what is within that space energetically all time is now all space is now so what is speaking and so allowing for the healing to happen at the quantum level through shamanic trance is something that i've been working with most recently it's not that it's any easier but there it does become more neutral after time but it's you know within this fear of totality we have to understand that we are all aspects so if there was a a dissonance that was victim perpetrator or you know master slave or, or something like we have to understand and be neutral that all is self right because if we take sides or if we identify too much with one side or the other we're actually perpetuating the polarity so in order to go in and neutralize the polarity, it takes a really open heart space. And as the heart space opens, then the perspective, the perception becomes neutral and, and the eye can witness that which is existing that is in disharmony. And it's really going in and taking those energetic polarities, the positive and the negative, you know, whatever is, whatever is existing within the hologram and allowing those to neutralize and then dissolve. Right. Right. 
Too bad we can't do that with Ukraine and Russia right now. Yeah, it's intense. I don't know who the shamans are in Ukraine or Russia. Actually, yes, I do. <laughs> no, I okay. Um, but yeah, it going within and asking where am I inner conflict with myself will help to neutralize any of that, or where is my unconscious masculine trying to take over can help neutralize that and and really not feeding into and right. it from an energetic perspective. And, and also we got to really be honest about our victim consciousness too. Like, where do I play victim? That one's hard to look at because people don't want to, it's like, people don't want to admit that they're identifying as victim and creating their own suffering. And I'm not right. saying that the Ukrainians are creating their own suffering because what is happening there is karmic and what is happening there is a travesty by all means, but within the, within the energetic dynamics, right? perpetrator and victim and how we feed into the collective karma of these types of things is really looking at, you know, where am I playing victim? Where am I feeding victim consciousness right. or where am I playing perpetrator? Where am I feeding perpetrator consciousness? And how can I neutralize that within so that it's not happening externally? Externally. One of the things right before we, um, because I mean, the hour has just flown, <laughs> but one of the things that I wanted to briefly mention, because people that are listening to this, if they want to experience what energy feels like, uh, I'm sure you've done this with your daughter and with other people, but if they just hold their hands, you know, near somebody and see how close they can get without touching, they'll begin to feel that energetic vibration. And that is who we are. And like you said, we're in a virtual bodysuit. So, mm -hmm. you know, our bodies are housing, uh, it's, it's something like 50 trillion uh, cells that are constantly vibrating. And one of the things that I did for two and a half years is I worked with a quantum physicist and we would be in Dunedin, which is not too far from where you and I live. And uh, we met quite often at, um, you know, like a doctor's lobby or a hospital lobby or something where we could just sit and talk and not be at a restaurant, but we would bounce energy back and forth. He could send me energy and I would feel it and then yeah. it back to him and people yeah. would walk past us and go, what are you doing? <laughs> because yeah. I mean, there wasn't anything that was for, as they were viewing it, there was nothing there that I was pushing but he could catch it and send it right back to me and I could feel it and catch it. So with your daughter, that's always a fun thing to have her begin to understand this is energy. This is who we are. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, tell everybody where they can reach you since it's the end of the show. And um, there's so many things that you could help them with. I know. So um, if, if somebody is reaching out, where would you like for them to uh, reach out to? Sure. You can find me at, on my website. It's rubbiacar.com, R-A-B-I-A-K-A-U-R.com. You can send me a message there, or you can even book a one-on-one -on -one session with me. I do them in person for vibrational sound therapy, but I also do them over Zoom as well for shamanic transformation. And I would love to connect with you. Um, there are times when I also connect within the, at the park in Crystal Beach. So if I start holding sound circle there, I will let you know, but everything can be found on rabiacart.com. So. All right. Thank yeah. you so much for being my guest. I know that we're going to do another show in the future and uh, have a joyous time on your little adventure that you're on right yeah. now. 
So yes, thank you so much. I appreciate so much what you're doing for the collective consciousness for holding this space and for allowing the healing to happen spontaneously. So blessings, infinite blessings to you for all that you are doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) All right, everybody go out there and make this your best life and join us next time for another Synergy Connection show. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.